0: Good morning. I greet you in Jesus name this morning. It truly is a blessing to be together. I appreciated that song that we sang right before the announcements, 9.30. All the way my savior has lead and leading into that Perfect rest. For a message this morning, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. We'll be looking at the last part of this chapter. How many of you are feeling rested this morning? How many of you feel rested every morning? The latter part of this chapter was shared with me this week as a way of encouragement. And I decided to go further with it and to speak on it and uh, study study it a little more in depth. I want to begin reading at verse 20, Matthew chapter 11. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, It shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom Sodom, in the day of judgment than for thee. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemeth good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son, but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden his light Jesus is talking about rest It's not just a physical rest It's not just a mental rest I think he's speaking of a more important rest and that is a rest of our soul a spiritual rest We are restless people. Our lives are filled with hurt, regret, guilt, and so many distractions. Sometimes we try to tune it out with music, maybe eating, or maybe various other activities that we think can cure our restlessness. Do you want rest in your life? The invitation is to come to Jesus. I want to frame what's happening here, give the context. Jesus, beginning verses there, speaking to these cities. He had done works, mighty works, and they did not receive him. They did not receive him very well. And his word is woe unto you. Why? Jesus had given them the solution to their need. And it was not being received. What about us? What would Jesus say if he came to our town, our church, or our house? Verse 25, Jesus invites us to come. those that are heavy laden and were invited to come to learn from his Father. He says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them to babes. Here is the answer to questions we may have. Pertaining to life. God, the Lord of heaven and earth. That's how Jesus addresses His Father. I thank Thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. This reminds me how great God is. He's sovereign over all things. He knows all things. There is nothing in heaven or in earth that lies outside of His gracious power. He is in control of everything, the whole universe. We just came through a very historical moment in our country. It's talked about in our Sunday school a little bit. Does God have this in control? Absolutely. Are we, as citizens of a heavenly kingdom, okay with the outcome of this week? As was said before in Sunday school, it's somewhat appalling to how involved Christian people are getting involved and in getting behind a person who they think should be in charge of our country. And if you would look into his life a little bit, is it godly? Why do we get so worried about who the next president of our country is? God is still in control past two weeks I've been listening to a song and it's titled, Only a Holy God. And I'm just going to read it. Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else could make every king bow down? Who else can whisper and darkness tremble? Only a holy God. What other beauty Demands such praise. What other splendor outshines the sun? What other majesty rules with justice? Only a holy God. Come and behold him. The one and the only. Cry out, sing holy forever, O holy God. Come and worship the holy God. What other glory consumes like fire? What other power can raise the dead? What other name remains undefeated? Only a holy God. Come and behold him, the one, the only. Cry out and sing holy forever, O oh holy God. Come and worship the holy God. Who else can rescue me from my failing? Who else can offer his only son? Who else invites me to call him father? Only a holy God. And it goes into the chorus again. forever a holy God. It is only a holy God who, when we come to the end of ourselves, realize we have nothing. Having a proper view of God is, it will help us in our world, even when our earthly world seems To have turned upside down. It'll help us to stay focused on Him. Looking further into this passage, it mentions how God has hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, but has been revealed to the children. God doesn't reveal these things to everyone. There is a spiritual truth here I believe we can understand. And this is not talking about our intelligence or our cue, but rather I think it's talking about using our own wisdom and understanding instead of using God and God's wisdom. We don't seek God's input into our lives. That is when maybe... Things could be hidden, not revealed. We need to come to God as a child. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Why does God reveal it to children? Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 says, if we do not become as a child, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. What is it about children that make it unique? Well, first of all, children are innocent. Children can marvel or do marvel at God's creation. Children are trusting. Children rely on others to sustain them. Children are honest and bold. Children ask questions. Children are eager to learn. And children are naturally full of faith. Those are some characteristics that children tend to have. Jesus, in verse 27, Invites us to come to Him to know the Father. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And He is to who, whomsoever the Son will reveal Him. Jesus, or all things, God has committed to Jesus the things that He has. And that is amazing. God has given. Jesus. Lord of the heaven and earth. And has put things into Jesus power and authority. And then he says no one can know the son except the father. Only God the father knows Jesus the son. And Jesus has been. God. From everlasting to everlasting. And Jesus can reveal that to us. I believe when Jesus was here on earth, He was an ordinary man, just like man is. John chapter one, very familiar Verses verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And I'm going to keep reading. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the, darketh comp- and the darkness comprehended it not. No one knows the Father except the Son. And just as no one knows the Son except the Father, so also no one knows the Father except the Son. Jesus is God. He was with the Father from the beginning, creation. He's the Father throughout all eternity. And Jesus can help us to know the Father. I like the order that it lays out, going back to Matthew chapter 11. Finding rest for our soul, Jesus invites us to come to him and to learn from God. And then Jesus invites us to come to him to know the Father. And then Jesus invites us to come to him to find rest for our soul. Jesus offers rest to the weary and burdened. Says, come unto me, all, everyone. The invitation is open. You're weary and burdened. You're invited to come. There is hope. Jesus will give you rest, the rest that you need. Maybe you're going through a real struggle. You can find rest in the midst of a struggle. It may be hard, but it can be done. It doesn't remove you from your situation, but it will give you the strength that you need to continue on. You see, when I try to take things into my own hand and make the outcome my outcome, that's when things usually don't end up the way they should. And I get restless and worried. Life is full of struggles and hardships. It's easy to grow weary. And it's normal to get discouraged. It is common to stumble under the weight of life. The word rest here, translated, means to be still. To cease movement. Maybe a better word would be to pause. Sometimes when things are getting wild and crazy, We need to stop and pause. Seek the Lord. Look for that rest. Notice the word give. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus' gift to us. We don't have to earn it. We do not deserve it. We only need to accept it. We only need to accept Jesus' invitation. Jesus shows us a little... Of his character here. Verse 29. He says. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. For I am meek. And lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest. Unto your soul. Gentle. And humble. In heart. Is Jesus. The word humble means to come low to the ground. And that is exactly what God did for us in giving us Jesus, his son. God in heaven, sending Jesus down to earth, stooping down, uses the illustration of earth as his footstool, God came low to the ground and gave us Jesus in the form of a man. Jesus invites us then to take his yoke. A yoke is probably something we're not very accustomed to. But back in the day, it was an illustration, an example that these Jews, people, could grasp. It was very important, instrumental in the work of agriculture and farming. It would link two oxen together and would allow you to get work done in a more productive way. It's a harness that goes around the neck understanding that taking jesus yoke harnessing up with him to do his work the call to discipleship a call to following him a call to serving him yoking up and working together For the Jew, this could have meant three things. First one is the kingship that God has in, in his life. In Leviticus twenty six thirteen, 13, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that ye should not be their slaves. I have broken the band of your yoke and have made you walk upright. The yoke for the Israelites, was the slavery to the Egyptians. And God brought them out of Egypt, broke that yoke. But prior to that, in verses Leviticus 25 and 55, God established the children of Israel as his servants. So for the Jew... Having the yoke of slavery broken meant that he was a ser- a servant to the king. Second, for the Jew, understanding the Shema, when they would recite it, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And the Jews would recite this twice a day, morning and evening. And this was their commitment to serving God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their might. Meaning, giving it all they got. The third, for the Jew. Take the yoke of God to serve God. Remember, with Solomon... When Rehoboam succeeded the throne in 1 Kings 12.5, says, Your father meant Solomon made our yoke hard. Now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we may serve you. Yoke equals service. To take the yoke of the king, to serve the king serve God. So for the Jew to understand the yoke meant something to them, and it can mean something to us. There's an interesting parallel with the yoke, and that is you can have two oxen, and more than likely they're not going to be the same power. One will be stronger than the other. And as I was thinking about that, as they are harnessed together, the yoke actually helps the stronger to help the weak. And if they pull together evenly, the weak will help the stronger. But as I was thinking about a yoke, taking on the yoke of Jesus. You know, sometimes we can struggle with human tendencies, human sin. You know, taking the yoke of Jesus and putting that around us can help us to harness into that power, into that source that can help us from... Uh, being distracted, maybe being, uh, pulled away, uh, whatever the sins may be that we struggle with. Obviously we're still in human flesh, we still have that to deal with, but I think it's something that we can, we can tap into. Jesus' Jesus' yoke, look at Romans chapter 6, thinking of a free yoke. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Very, very familiar verse. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Doesn't stop with death. Death doesn't have to be the last words. But having eternal life with Christ Jesus. We could substitute and put yoke in there. And it would read just fine. For the yoke of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. To obey the gospel of Christ, is to yield ourselves to the Lord, is to become as a child. What does it mean to yield to the Lord? It means liberation from the yoke of death as we entrust ourselves to Jesus, good and perfect yoke of life and freedom. The yoke of Christ is liberating as Paul points out here. Romans 10, 5 through 17. Let's back the chapter. Actually, I said Romans 5, Romans 10, verse 5. Through verse seventeen, For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of the faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they... Have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Confession with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believing in our heart. And calling on the name of the Lord will rescue us From that yoke of death. The law was a heavy burden. For the people. In Jesus time. And maybe the law can be heavy. For us too. But taking on the yoke of Jesus. Will give us a better understanding. Of what the law was meant to do. Isaiah 57 20 verse Isaiah 57, verse 20 and 21. But the wicked are like troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. Is there any wonder why there's confusion and chaos in our world? If you want rest for your soul, for your life, I hope this was an encouragement to you. There is hope. There is only one way to have that hope, and that's finding that rest in Jesus. We need to come to Jesus and learn of his Father, We need to come to Jesus to know the Father and then we need to take the yoke of Jesus and He will give you rest.